HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, and this is our 357th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, I have my second special episode from Santiago, Chile, with an outstanding chef, Carolina Bazan of Ambrosia and Ambrosia Bistro, and she is in my new book, Chef Wise and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start with my PR tip. Then later, we will have our interview with a speed round and my solo dining experience and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to have confidence in yourself. Yes, believe in you. Trust your gut and follow your heart and go after what you want and desire. Sure, it's great to have people backing us up and endorsing our work and our goals and our dreams. But really, everything comes down to ourselves and what we want to achieve in life and our attitude towards doing so. Confidence shows strength, capability, and reliability. So let's remember to always be confident as it's an attractive quality to have that will help lead towards success. That's my tip today. Okay, so today I have a special interview that I did in Santiago, Chile on a recent solo trip, and it is with Carolina Bazan. She is the chef and owner of Ambrosia and Ambrosia Bistro in Santiago. Carolina opened Ambrosia with her family in 2003, With the help of her partner, sommelier Rosario Oneto, she began the Hidden Kitchen Movement in 2012, focusing on market produce and seasonal ingredients, which which led to Ambrosia's new location and concept. 
a modern family bistro outside of the classic gastronomic circuit where fresh market products leads a seasonal menu that changes daily. In 2017, Carolina and Rosario opened their own restaurant, Ambrosia Bistro, located downtown in downtown Santiago with a very hip vibe and simple seasonal menu. Carolina was named Best Female Chef by Latin America's 50 Best Restaurants in 2019, and Ambrosia Bistro is currently number 72 on the world's 50 best restaurants. Carolina is also a contributor to my new book, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. So we're going to play back for you now my interview with Carolina Bazan, which took place about a month ago in Santiago. And just a little heads up, we were sitting outside of her restaurant because it was a beautiful day and there was a little bit windy, so there might be a little wind noise. I hope it doesn't didn't pick up too much, but just heads up on that. And I hope you enjoy our interview. Here is me chatting with Carolina Bazan. I'm thrilled to be here with Carolina Bazan at your restaurant, Ambrosia Bistro in Santiago, Chile. So hi, Carolina. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm. It's beautiful here in Santiago and it's so nice to meet you and I just had the most wonderful lunch mm -hmm. and we'll get into your food but let's I always like to start with my guests and find out a bit about their background and what led them into the culinary industry and inspired you to be a chef. Well uh, I come from a very foodie background. Um, when I was a child my father was a diplomat so we traveled a lot we lived in different countries. So we all gather around the, the kitchen. My parents were foodies. They loved to cook by, you know, knives and kitchenware. And so they were always trying. They, they had new books and they were trying new recipes. So they, we were gathering around the kitchen and also when some... They were hosting dinners all the time, and we would be, all of me and my, my sisters, would be helping out in the kitchen and helping out serving. And that maintained us very, uh, that was a lot of fun for us. So when we came back to Chile, my mother started like doing some small catering, and she used to work from home. She cooked everything at our home. So when I arrived, from school, I went directly to the kitchen and there was always a lot of people, you know, making, uh, peeling shrimp, uh, making preps, uh, topping mushrooms. And I would just enjoy that too much. And that's why I decided to study culinary. So where did you study? You went to culinary school? Yes, I went to culinary school here in Chile. I started out there weren't many options at that time. So I started out at one school and the next year another school opened. So I finished my career here. I went to Peru to do an internship. And Where? What restaurant? 
or uh, several restaurants because uh, I used uh, I went to work with Marisa Yulfo. She was a huge caterer um, in like she had an empire and she had a lot of restaurants. So I worked with her in the catering and also in some of her restaurants. She had a, a Thai restaurant, a Peruvian one, a, a pastry a shop and 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 Italian. So I did a little bit on everything. And for, for me, Peru was like very eye-opening in turn um, towards the, the food, you know, how to maybe, I don't know, use the ingredients to to whatever, to do whatever you like. Um, you don't really have to follow a recipe. Like when you know the notes to sing, you can sing most anything. So that's kind of with food. When you know the ingredients, you can cook anything. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So then did you come back here? I feel I read in a bio of yours that you spent some time in London. No, I, coming back, I was really young. I was just finishing my culinary studies. I was working in a restaurant here and my mother got an offer to open a restaurant. And she had never worked in a restaurant. So she said, if you want to take care of the kitchen, let's do this. But, you know, I'm not going to do it. So I said, of course, I'll do it. I was only 23 years old, had no experience. So we opened the first Ambrosia that was downtown. That was 2003. And it was kind of, I mean, the food was good, but my leading the kitchen was kind of a mess because I didn't know how to lead a kitchen. So I was like very grumpy and shouting and, but it was, you know, a lot of, I, I, I learned a lot. And in 2010, I decided to go, I wanted to work in a Michelin star restaurant. That's like all I knew uh, in Europe. So I went to study to France, to Paris. And then I did an internship at Frenchie with Greg Marchand. That's what I read. I confused Paris and London, but um, all good. So that's a what I had. I was in Paris last year, and I went to dinner Frenchy. there. Yeah, I went yeah, to Frenchie. He wasn't there at the time, but um, I had a lovely solo dinner there. Actually, it, it was great. My time being there because uh, it was just opened. I think we celebrated the second anniversary when I was there. So. It was just him working in the kitchen. So me and I was his apprentice, his, uh, and, and just him. So it was a lot of work for me, but it was, I mean, I have a, a, a there's a before and after friends for me, you know, uh, it, it changed my way of seeing the food, kitchen, the, I learned a lot. And then when I came back, I decided to close the restaurant, my family's restaurant, and reopen in a new location. And is that where your restaurant is today? Yes, that's uh, the Ambrosia rest restaurant. And well, with Rosario, my partner, we always had the idea of doing this kind of a Frenchy style, a very small bistro. 
so we decided to open uh, Ambrosia Bistro. That was 2017. I think we, we managed to do that. I wanted you to say the name again before I did because I've been saying Ambrosia and uh, it's Ambrosia. Yes, well, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. In, in Spanish, it's Ambrosia, but we put an accent on the I, so it's Ambrosia. That's what, how we pronounce it. Ambrosia, which would mean, comes from the Greek uh, legend uh, of the food that they gave you to, uh, to become like a, a like goddess, you know, so, or to become immortal. So it's Ambrosia. It's a beautiful name. Yes. So for people who haven't been, how do you describe your menu? It has taken me a long time to learn how to describe what I do. And since I have a, a background that was so traveled and, you know, uh, they always say a chef tells a story with their food where they've been, they're, where they're going. So um, at the beginning, I was like, I said it was international food. And it kind of picks up all the flavors that I've um, learned uh, through my whole life. And after giving it like a thought, it's like, when you try my food, maybe you feel like traveling, you know, it takes you back or makes you think of uh, some place because, you know, I like to travel a lot. And when, when you try, I don't know, the lamb dish that you tried today, maybe it would take you to Middle East, you know, or um, I have some Asian inspired dish or I don't like to be just uh, one style of food. I like to eat everything and that's what I like to cook also. Yes, I could definitely get that. I feel like from my lunch today, I was transported a bit and also to coastal towns because you, you did showcase and have yes. me um, make for me some delicious seafood dishes and some ingredients that are very special also here in Chile with your, like your uni, which I've had uni, but chili and uni, it's amazing. Well, um, I feel that we have a huge coast and that our seafood is really, really good. Uh, even though uh, this long coast that we have, uh, people still eat a lot of meat in Chile, more than fish or seafood. Kind of like eating seafood is a privilege or eating fresh seafood because you get most of them uh, frozen and when you have them really fresh it's a whole different it's a whole different deal so um, when we get the chance to have this beautiful seafood uh, that's what I like to show off and and, and try not to intervene it uh, too much just uh, keep it simple but flavorful. Yes, well, my lunch was delicious. I love sitting at your chef's counter and seeing you and your team. We had a rough start. Um, and like 
a, a year or two years after came the social explosion uh, social there were a lot of riots here and then came the pandemic uh, so it was kind of hard and when we reopened uh, it was like everybody at least I don't know I guess in every in all over the world everybody wanted to go out so I found in New York as well <laughs> so it, it for us has been like our comeback was really really good yeah well that's that's awesome I know it was extremely hard time for restaurants and everyone but you guys I don't know getting through that for sure We challenging. We survived uh, with delivery, which we didn't have before. So we we turned to delivery, and and that was our survival for a year almost. Yeah. Amazing. What about accolades? How I mean, how important are they to you? And has anything that's in particular over the years, like, and you know, an award or a press article or something, really influenced? or changed your customers or your, you know, how how you're perceived here in Santiago? Well, uh, the restaurant has been in the 50 best Latin Americas list for a lot of years. Uh, but here in Chile, people don't follow the list that much. So it's mostly for foreigners that come here. Uh, you're on the map, and that's great. Um, for me, my biggest reward is, has always been that people come back, you know, and the word of mouth when people say, oh, I'm here because, you know, somebody was here and they told me to come and to order this, and somebody told them to come and order that. So that's the, the most, uh, the biggest reward. I was named best uh, female Latin America's female chef 2019, and I really doubted if I wanted to accept the the recognition because I don't know. I feel that it's kind of weird that there's a female chef and not a male chef. You know, it's like males are gonna be best chef, not female. But I said, okay, so maybe I can maybe say something with this and when I went to the ceremony and accepted the award I got the chance to do a, like a, a speech kind of like telling everybody how kind of ridiculous this is I mean how how come we are awarded this recognition since we've been in charge of cooking since I don't know historic times so um, that 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 gave me a little you know for me <laughs> no i love that and congratulations i mean it's a big deal to win or be recognized for that or for for any uh, you know of being on the world's 50 best latin america's world 50 best and all of that and i've heard I, I I hear you on that with the Female Chef Award, and I think that's great that you were able to use 
your platform to say how you feel about it. And, and I think it's also amazing you accepted it and we're, you know, well-deserved, so. Thank you, thank you. There's a lot to say about it, you know. So if I got the chance to say something, I, good. Yeah, well, good for you. So I'm thrilled you're a part of my upcoming book, Chef Wise. Yes. And the book is on life lessons from leading chefs around the world. And it's, without diving too much into the book now, people will have to get the book to see all of your advice. But what what's like some major or the one piece of advice you'd give to young cooks or anyone out there listening who might think about wanting to get into the industry and pursue pursue owning a restaurant and being a chef? Well, it's so difficult um, think about it. <laughs> I mean, it's a sacrifice. Nowadays, you see big chefs and it's like, you know, like rock stars. But to get there, there's a lot of work that you don't see. There's a lot of study, a lot of sacrifice. You have to sacrifice most of your social life. So you really have to give it a lot of thought if you really want to pursue it. And if you do, it's really rewarding. But it will take you a lot of time. It's not like you're out of college and and that's it. You're you made it. No, you have to. It, it takes a lot of time to to get your your, your goals. You know. But if you do, I mean, it's really, really rewarding. When you see somebody try your food and just smile back at you, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Wow, wonderful. Can we, would you be up for playing my speed round game? Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> What's it about? It's an easy, fun game that I do actually on all my shows. And what it is, is I'm going to name a couple things and you get to pick your preference such as chocolate or vanilla? Um, chocolate. Yeah, chocolate. You saw what I picked for dessert. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So that was the sample. Okay. So here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant? Both. <laughs> Depends on the mood. No, but I mean, there's nothing like going out to a restaurant and getting, uh, it's like a hug. You know, I love that. Okay, indoor dining or alfresco dining? Indoor. I pick alfresco on a day like today. Santiago got me. No, I, I'm just, I'm adding my two cents. I usually don't, but we're sitting outside and I can't help it. Like, uh, this is type of weather you just want to bottle up. I mean, I guess it's a hot in the sun, of but. Of course, it, all, it always depends on, but I, I think on, like, since I, I enjoy the view of the kitchen, and nowadays most of the restaurants have a, a view to the kitchen, uh, that's why I pick in line. Yeah, yeah, and I second that too. Okay, how about wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne? Uh, wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Small plates communal table or chef's counter chef counter tipping or all-inclusive charge um, 
I don't know. Uh, there's so many little places with all inclusive. Uh, all inclusive. Okay. How about being on TV or being behind the line? Because we didn't even talk about TV. Uh, behind the line. Good to know. Um, quick segue or break. Tell me a little about the TV you've done. Uh, I've been in uh, a couple of shows or a couple of seasons here. And when I they called me to be in the show, I went there because it's kind of the same as I do in the kitchen. Lead a, a team. So there were three teams and I was the leader of one team. It was a good experience, but I don't TV, even though it does have its rewards, but I enjoy being a cook. I hear you. Stay behind the line, but it's good. It's cool to be get that get that TV exposure. Okay, I got three more. Cooking for your chef friends or having them cook for you? Uh, cooking for my chef friends. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Santiago? Woohoo! Manhattan got it over Santiago. Um, well, that's the game. That was fun. Excellent. So, thank you. Um, last thing I do on my show is I ask my guests to ask a question for my upcoming guest. So, I have a show coming up with Chris Moon, who's the president and chief operating officer of the James Beard Foundation in New York City. So, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this, but it could be anything. Could you ask Chris a question? Well, When is uh, James Beard going to be around Latin America? Latin America? I love it. That's an excellent question. Um, I'm going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very um, U.S.-oriented organization, so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe they'll be coming here soon, or maybe you'll influence them, too. So, um, well, thank you. Your pleasure your food is amazing. Everything you've accomplished is amazing. I'm so honored to know you, to meet you, to have you a part of ChefWise. Um, any final closing notes you'd like to say? No, it's great to have you here. And it's an honor to participate in, in your book. So um, thank you. Thank you for coming here, taking the trip all the way from New York to Santiago. Thank you. I travel for food and for chefs, and this was worth every second of travel. So thank you so much. I'm very glad. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. 
Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Carolina Bazan, the chef and owner of Ambrosia and Ambrosia Bistro in Santiago, Chile, who is one of the 117 chefs featured in my new book, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. Now, in case you're paying attention, which I assume you are, uh, in the excitement of my interview with Carolina, I did miss asking her my question for my last guest, who was Rodolfo Guzman, the chef and owner of Barago in Santiago on episode 356. And so I followed up with her after and I got her answer to his question. So I wanted to share that with you. So Rodolfo had asked, what is your next move? And she told me that besides from conquering the world, try to enjoy life, enjoy my kids, enjoy food. And oh, maybe by the, by the beginning of next year, move my small bistro to a big bistro. So we shall see. Thank you, Carolina. So it's time for my solo dining experience. So guess what? I'm going to share more with you about Ambrosia Bistro because I dine there solo and I feel like you need to hear all about it. So here's the rundown. The location, Nueva de Leon 99, Provincia, Region Metropolitan in Santiago, Chile. The concept, so it's an intimate bistro where the food is playful and designed for snacking and small plates showcasing fresh Chilean products in an original style. The chef and owner is Carolina Bazan. Her partner and sommelier is Rosario Oneto. So why did I go? Well, I was out in Santiago, Chile to meet her and interview her and try her food because she's not only in my book, but she is an outstanding chef who I've admired for a while, and I really wanted to go have her food and experience her restaurants. So my experience. Well, I made a reservation in advance online, and I then told Carolina when I was planning to come in to make sure she would be there, and she said yes. So it was for a late lunch, and when I arrived, I opted to sit at the chef's counter um, so I can be in front of her and other chefs and see them in action. Uh, Carolina did a special tasting of dishes for me so I could try several things. And afterward, we did our interview and we sat outside for that. And I had a really lovely time. I, Carolina and presented each dish to me and explained them all. So, And um, the whole staff was really lovely and I I was very happy to be there. So what did I get? 
I had Flores de Zucchini, which is zucchini flowers with homemade ricotta filling, tomato vinaigrette, and a touch of anchovy. Erzos, which is urchins, and it came with dashi, bean, and farikake. There was a special cheese foam dish. I also had Pui Salteado, and Pui, which is P-U-Y-E, is a local fish, and that was sautéed and served with crispy onion and capers. I had a bao bun with pork, kimchi, and pickles. I had medallion de cordero, which is braised lamb, shoulder, and dal. And for dessert, tarte rocher, which is crispy hazelnut tartelette, praline, and hazelnut chocolate. So my take, well, I loved it all, of course. I would say my favorites were the zucchini flower. Always love ricotta when it's, you know, a filling in a zucchini flower. Um, That was delicious. Uh, The urchins were fabulous. It's something I ate a lot when I was on this trip. Um, The local chili sea urchin uh, or uni, as some people call it, um, was really amazing there. And her version on Toast Points was fabulous. Um, I really liked the Pewy fish dish. It was very tasty. Kind of looked like pasta on a plate, the way the way the fish are really tiny, um, like a spirally pasta, or not a spirally, but just a, I don't know, not giving it, almost like a penny. Not doing it justice here. I'll move on. <laughs> so um, the bao bun was great. She told me she was a bit inspired by David Chang and Momofuku for that. Um, the lamb, the, the dessert, loved the dessert. Um, it was all wonderful. Uh, there were She did smaller portion sizes for me, but it was still more than I could eat. But I was very grateful I got to try so many of her dishes. So the ambiance, it's an intimate space. It's chic get casual it has a very large open kitchen and chef's counter seats and handful of tables inside and then there's street side tables as well and has giant windows uh, so anybody walking by uh, will ch- check it out I would say you see the the glowing kitchen inside and it's very inviting and it's in a more businessy shopping area of Santiago I'd say it's perfect for a solo meal at the chef's counter or sharing small plates with friends. Interesting tidbit. So Carolina was featured on an episode of Netflix, Somebody Feed Phil, as was Rodolfo Guzman. And um, also on this episode was a sandwich place that I went to, which I will share with you now. So personal fun fact, talk about some other eats I had while on my long weekend trip. Uh, Of course, I tried to conquer a lot of ground, even though um, many more restaurants to check out on the next visit, I would say. Uh, So uh, Fuento Alamana is the sandwich place that I went to that was on the Netflix show. And I had delicious churrasco chacarero mayo sandwich. Um, I also went to Carolina's other restaurant that her family runs, Ambrosia. And that was lovely. I got to meet the whole family and they shared or had me try a lot of dishes from octopus, carpaccio, salmon, pasta, um, dessert. It was all, it was all wonderful and really nice space in the 
I sat in their patio in the back, which has these lit baskets from the roof. There's a roof and a patio, but they have them hanging. Um, And it just has a really, really wonderful glow and nice feeling. So it was, it was really lovely. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful restaurant. Um, Like the landscape of it, when you, it's really feels like you're going into somebody's home and it is, I think it was, it's a very neighborhood restaurant. So I think it, it was a home and they made it into a restaurant. So um, that was Ambrosia. I also went to Korea by Matsuharu, which I mentioned on my last show, is Mitsuharu Misha Sumura's, his place. And he's from Maido in Lima, which is one of my favorite restaurants I've been to, uh, Peruvian Japanese cuisine. And this lunch I had was excellent. I had Tiradito de Orillo and ceviche calo, and I met the chef. I also went to La Calma and I had some raw, mostly raw, more the crudo section of their menu. I had silver side fish in wine vinegar and seafood ceviche and Chilean sea urchins there. Uh, that was recommended uh, by Rodolfo, as was I saw he, he also recommended in an interview the Fuente Alamana place I went for the sandwich. So um, in my research, you I found this stuff out. Okay, I also went to restaurant Anna Maria, which is a older restaurant, um, and I had a really wonderful experience. I I had locos con papa mayo and more sea urchin there, and I had leche asada, which is a creme caramel dessert. I was trying to have as much local desserts and dishes that I could. I went to Mestizo, which is above a park, and I saw the sunset and got a mocktail and had tuna tiradito. I went to Jose Ramon 277. I had some shrimp and cheese empanadas and a, and a mecha, mecha cotta sandwich, uh, and also sopadillas pasadas for dessert. I had some ceviche at the W Santiago rooftop. I had some delicious ice cream, Lukuma ice cream and tea masala chai at this place called Fiol Dulceria, which I learned about from Nicholas Gill of from New Worlder. Um, he writes a lot about Latin American countries and their food and covers the restaurant scene. So um, that was got some tips from him and that was a great one. And what else? Uh, finally, uh, I went by Mercado Central, and I also had more empanadas at a place called El Galeon. I tried to go to a place called Emporio Zunino, but it had sold out by the time I got there and was closed. So, and there was a nice market. I got some fruit, dried fruit, and that's kind of everything I ate. <laughs> and of course, I also went to Rodolfo Guzman's Barago, which I talked about on my last solo dining experience on episode 356. You can hear all about it. It was phenomenal and it was a tasting menu. So there you go. So the cost of my meal at Ambrosio Bistro as a guest of the chef, it was comped. Um, very appreciative. It was my own personal small plate tasting. So thank you, Carolina. Uh, dishes typically run on the smaller side converted chili and peso to U.S. Uh, it is about $13 to $17 for the smaller plates and then $21 to $22 for the larger. 
Would I go back? Absolutely. Can't wait. Websites, ambrosiabistro.cl and Instagram is at bistro underscore ambrosia. And that's the show. Big thanks to Carolina Bazan, chef and owner of Ambrosia and Ambrosia Bistro in Santiago, Chile, and her entire team and family. Uh, I just said her website for the bistro, her website uh, at Ambrosia is ambrosia.cl, and that Instagram is at ambrosia underscore rest. And Carolina is at, I think she pronounced it Chinwa. It's C-H-I-N-O-I-S-E. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Check out my new book. It's now out, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. It's available wherever books are sold. And I hope you will check it out. I hope you will love it. Thanks to my engineer today, Armin. I'm your host and producer and author, Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next week with a new show. Hope you'll tune in then. And thank you, as always, for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.